Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S T-O-L-K-I-E-N and Instagram at Tipples and Tolkien. So cozy up, pour yourself a drink, and come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set Condition 1 throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition 1, a Night Shift Radio production. Barely clinging to life and hemorrhaging internally because the doctor still hasn't shown up yet. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb. And uh, not doing so hot herself over in the brig is the president of the podcast and the 12 colonies, Andrea. It's just the withdrawal. And, of course, holding it down uh, and not at all losing his cool ever is the XO Kitsy. We lose a plane and nobody tells me? <laughs> <laughs> so welcome back once again. We are now at episode three of season two of Battlestar Galactica. If you're just joining us for the first time, once again, I don't know how many times I have to say this, but like, please, for your own sake, start at the beginning. Uh, it's going to get real weird and you, you need some context. Uh, but if you've been with us all along, thank you. And if you haven't yet hit that subscribe button, make sure you do, because we do this every week. I don't know if you've caught on yet, but this is, this is a weekly thing, and it's going to keep happening uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, and with all that said, and aside, previously on Battlestar Galactica. It's your show, Exo. Fuck. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I really, I hope to God that, I hope to the gods that um, President Roslin never has to steer the ship, because you're all in for it. Like, if y'all think <laughs> Kitsy has a hard time staying on track, just buckle up. Look, I just really hope that Adama gets better soon, because it's just, it's breaking my heart seeing him lying there. I know. It is. Oof. It's it's breaking mine, too, and I'm not nearly <laughs> drunk enough for this. Uh <laughs> Which, uh, I, for, how does, Caleb, I, I need you to do this. I really do. I cannot, I can't, I just can't. It's not going to go in any sort of good direction if you leave me in charge of this podcast for any longer. All right. It was funny for two episodes, but, uh. No, it so- wasn't. It was stressful and annoying and terrible and everyone hated it. I everyone hated time. it. I've, I've been having a wonderful time. Well. <laughs> I'm glad you're having a good time down there in sick bay while I've been up here trying to make all the hard decisions and failing uh, miserably. Speaking of sick bay, the uh, the doctor's finally uh, on the Galactica. He's he's made his way onto the ship, and uh, uh, of course, uh, Billy has got his priorities on straight as always, uh, <laughs> flagging down the dock in the uh, in the middle of the hall. I've uh, been like, oh hey, excuse me, the the president needs your help. And Doc's just like, fuck you, get out of the way. Not now, kid. <laughs> I'm busy. Uh, because of course, uh, our our dear commander, uh, Adama Edward James, almost the legend himself, uh, is is laying on the the table. His condition is deteriorating. He uh, he must be hemorrhaging internally somewhere that they they didn't catch during the the last operation. And so, Kata's got to go in and fix it. And of course, uh, <laughs> Ty's just you know. Why haven't you fixed him yet? <laughs> of course, the doc's like, I, I will if you get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> yep. 
Um, and of course, with, I mean, this this episode has some some real Thai gems, but I oh, think it does. one of the, one of the best ones, like in the whole series, I think, comes very quickly uh, when, of course, Billy's still hanging around and getting in the way, uh, and he happens to uh, get on the wrong side of the XO. And <laughs> I'm sorry, a- I'm sorry. Is there a right side of the XO? <laughs> I hate to see him go, but I love to watch him walk away. Am I right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that means in this particular context. Like his right side is his butt side. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> I pr- I'd I'm sorry not I stepped all over your line. Too. Please. I'd, I'd love to hear it, though. It's such a good one. I just The, the moment that, that Saltai looks at Billy and says, why aren't you in the brig? <laughs> <laughs> because nobody... Put me in there. <laughs> just, you can like Ty is not handling this well at all. No, um, I mean, no. we we predicted at the, like the end of season one when we were doing a recap, like this isn't going to go well mm-hmm. for Saul Ty, uh, and it's not. It's not at all. I don't know if you can see Penelope just jumped up on the. <laughs> That's why I'm pointing and smiling. <laughs> sure, oh, she's, hoodie. Hey. she's in her uh, her never heard of it hoodie. Where, um, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Oh, well, that's, uh, it's funny that you'd ask. Uh, I, I went over to a little website called, uh, nsrad.io slash merch. Cause it's like radio and, and it's radio nsrad.io slash merch. But you can also find that over at the nightshiftradio.com website, uh, where you can check out all of the rest of our, uh, our shows over at nightshiftradio.com slash shows, all of our podcasts, uh, as well as our wonderful blog, uh, full of, uh, content that's relevant to the, the various shows that we have and, uh, some, some print editions of the, the storyteller series. And of course, yeah. a link to our merch store where you can find adorable things like, the uh, tiny pet hoodie that my five-pound dog is wearing. She it's looks, just ridiculously cute. She's so cute. It's its <laughs> her little tail. She knows she's being talked about somehow. Yep. yep. Oh. Yeah, she knows she's getting attention, so her little tail just went, <laughs> went, went, went like crazy. But, so Ty's, uh, yeah. yeah Ty's, Ty's consternation uh, doesn't end there. <laughs> no. Uh, he, he, he finds himself back on the CIC, uh, and, of course, the first person he sees is Lee Adama. Uh, hard at work, and he says, "What the hell's this? Why aren't you in the brig?" <laughs> he just wants everyone in the brig. He doesn't know. <laughs> doesn't know why no one's in the brig. That's actually that's his yeah. new greeting. Why aren't you in, in the, the brig? brig? I get it. It's like it's like his way of saying, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> and uh, of course, Lee is like, you know, I'm I'm planning the search and rescue. And he's like, search and rescue. We lose a plane, and no one tells me. <laughs> Is bad. Even for he's, Ty, that is he's bad. Just, he's having a bad day. Somebody mm-hmm. has to remind him that, you know, we we have a, a raptor down on the surface of Cobol. We've got people down there. Sir. Sir. <laughs> and we only have 47,862 people left. So uh, yeah, everybody yeah. counts. According to the opening credits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's like, you know, he immediately turns around and is like, How's the search and rescue plan and going, Commander or Captain or whatever the fuck his title is? I don't even know. <laughs> even better than that is like, well, you know, so and so's the senior pilot. They can plan the search and rescue, and he's like, "You asked me to command the air group when I'm on duty, and I'm on duty. So am I in charge or not?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, of course, the uh, the press via D uh, are asking to speak with uh, the the XO, nay, demanding <laughs> to speak. And- they demand. <laughs> <laughs> and you just hear Lee in the back demanding job, commanding a battle star. <laughs> and I don't shit. think I don't think Lee's got a better dig in the entire series no. than that. <laughs> I just love it because he says it to no one in particular. He just kind of, <laughs> and he's just like still writing on his on his uh, his plans. <laughs> Ty whips around. He's like demanding job, commanding a battle star. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, so of course, yeah, he he authorizes the the search and rescue, and uh, now not only are the press demanding to uh, to speak to him, but the uh, the quorum of twelve are asking to to dock their ship, the Zephyr, uh, so that they can come aboard because they're demanding to speak to whoever's in charge. Demanding job, being the commander of a battle star, isn't it? <laughs> We're just waiting for the, they demand. <laughs> yeah, everyone's demanding, and he's everyone's, not taking it well. 
But uh, he has himself a little uh, little press conference. He, you know, it's like the commander did what he thought he had to do. The president was sowing sedition and and mutiny, and like we had to put a stop to it. Caused the loss of a critical military asset. Yeah, yeah, but you know, the Starbuck? commander believes in democracy now, and. Yeah, that's actually a good question. Is, now, is is Starbuck the critical asset or is the Raider the critical asset? Now, I, Andrea, I want you to think long and hard about who we're talking about I here. I think it's Starbuck. It's it's Colonel Ty it's, we're talking about. Yeah, it's probably, do you think? I think it's probably Starbuck. Do you think Colonel Ty considers Starbuck to be a critical military asset? I think over the Raider. Deep in his heart, he does. You know. Now, if it were anybody else, <laughs> if it were Adama, I would say that Starbuck is the critical military yeah. asset. Oh, he would say that, but. But Ty, he could give two shits about yeah, Starbuck. He yeah, just wants his Raider back. That's true. There are two moments in that meeting with the Quorum that stand out to me, or two things, I should say. Um, and the first one is that so far, other than the funny tank tops, everybody in this universe dresses pretty much the way um, we do mm-hmm. on this planet in this universe. But for some <laughs> reason, everybody in the Quorum has like uh, bespoke and also bedazzled Girl Scout like sash that's how you know they're important <laughs> they're representing their respective colonies but yeah. they're just like little like they remind me of uh scraps from costumes from some generic space show in the 70s so like not a full spacesuit they had some of them left in the back um when they were uh like dealing with costuming that actually makes me wonder if any of this like bears any resemblance to the oh. leaders in the, the old series oh. maybe they i bet did there really- has to be at least some, like, it's probably not the same costuming, although that would be brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but there has to be at least some resemblance to the way that the, like, the civilian government presented themselves in this very, like, ceremonial garb. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> the other thing, though, uh, to switch gears a little bit, is that Ty is talking about Adama in past tense here. Um, and that mm. is very frightening. When they ask about martial law and he says he believed in freedom. Um, he hated the very idea of martial law. He believed in democracy yeah. and all of that good stuff. I did not pick up on that. And that was uh, upsetting and telling and worrisome to me that he's already... Though, I mean, he's not letting himself believe for a second, I don't think, that Adama might not make it through. Uh, I don't think he can kind of entertain that. But it is telling that he's still slipping into past tense that way. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because we, we talked for several episodes about the idea of like Sharon wrestling with her inner self uh, and like not believing that she's a Cylon and like not coming to terms with like that she's responsible for the actions that she's committed. And it almost feels like we see kind of a similar mm-hmm. inner turmoil with Ty here where like he's trying to maintain this facade of like everything is normal and we're waiting for the commander to get better and it's going to be any minute now and he's going to come back and it'll be fine but at the same time he's also starting to come to grips with the idea that like he might have to be in charge this might be his ship now and we know that that's not something he wanted no and i don't think anybody wants that except for one person oh that wouldn't be ellen would it oh it'd be ellen ellen ty I do love just uh, quickly returning to the the meeting with the quorum. I incorrectly said the the press earlier, but it was with the the quorum. It was the quorum. Was, you're right. Yeah, he was meeting, uh, and you know they they do their little government thing where someone says like, "Well, we motion that we get to speak to the president," and someone's like, "Well, I second the motion," and they're like, "Well, it passes." Like we demand to speak to the the president. He's <laughs> like, "I'll take it under advisement." <laughs> just walk. I'll, I'll take your demand <laughs> under advisement, and just leaves the room. Like they act like they can just vote their way past him. (laughs) He's just like, sure, okay, yeah, great. So uh, our girl Ellen Ty goes to visit. Whose girl? Our our girl. No, she's not my girl. Ty's girl. Ty's girl. Ty's girl. Ty's girl. (laughs) Talking about Ty's girl. Ty's girl. So Ty's girl. (laughs) That was so out of key. I wish that I had salt ice girl. <laughs> do, 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 do. Excellent. That's what I was going for. I, I, I was getting it mixed up with Stacy's mom for a second. <laughs> also a jam. Salt ice mom. It's has got going on. <laughs> oh, we have fun here. <laughs> so, so, so there, there they are in the brig. Uh, Ellen Ty. And uh, Laura Roslin, who is uh, having a 
real bad time. May I may I interject just to say that like the one person that Saul thinks is supposed to be in the Bregan is actually there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. She, yeah, she, so she's in there for sure. And uh, she's having some real bad side effects due to the uh, the withdrawal from the Kamala extract. You can tell because every time they shoot her, it's with some weird Dutch angle. So you know that she's not quite right. Or with some weird Dutch person. <laughs> hey, what, what show are you watching? I'm, I'm sorry. Dutch person in the I'm sorry. brig with her? Why, why, does, why does it being a Dutch angle make it weird? Are you saying the Dutch are weird? I'm saying that that's the very point of those angles is they're supposed to be... Why is Dis- it called a Dutch angle? Disorienting. I don't know. I didn't name it. Why are they called? Hey, Caleb, hey, do you Caleb? know why? Why, why are they, they called Dutch angles? I assume that Caleb would know. He doesn't, but he knows how to Google real uh-huh, fast. That's true. Because he works in IT. Well, I know how to Google. Uh, also known as the Dutch tit tilt. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> words. Words are hard. Dutch tilt. Canted angle or oblique angle is the type of camera angle shot which involves setting the camera at an angle on its roll axis so that the shot is composed with vertical lines at an angle to the side of the frame so that the horizon line of the shot is not parallel. You know what? There's just uh, there's a lot of the word angle in this explanation. Okay, that's what it is, but why is it called that? Uh, the word Dutch in this context is a bastardization of the word Deutsch, the German word for German. So the why- German word for German. Uh, so this wiki article kind of sucks. So there we are in the brig with Laura Roslin and, uh, and Ellen's high. And Ellen's uh, trying to see how things are going. And she's like, do you know where you are? And, and Roslin goes, I'm in jail. <laughs> she asked to speak to her lawyer as, uh, oh. as the person in front of her to arrange that because she's in jail. Yep. And uh, Ellen says, you know, do you know who I am? And Laura's like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, The ringing, the headaches. Oh, my God. I, I need more Dutch angles. <laughs> and, uh, and Ellen's like, okay, I'm going to go. And she pieces out. And that's going to be relevant later. And then Rosalind, um, with perfect timing, has a moment of clarity one second after Ellen Ty walks away. Um, but it's too late because she's is, already gone. Right. Wonder if she'll get a chance to redeem herself at some point in this episode. We do get a, an interesting moment with the uh, corporal or whatever the the marine that's guarding her, where we see he's got the the prayer beads. The lone yeah. marine who seems to be on guard of her twenty four seven. There's never a shift change. It seems. And we, yeah, we get a, a a mild bit of foreshadowing uh, where we learn that he's from Geminon and that the people of Geminon hold a literal interpretation of the scriptures. Uh, and he hears her muttering under his breath and realizes that she's talking about the scripture of Pythia. And so, like, he has a little bit of a, a realization himself, like, oh, my goodness, this is the leader that was that was foretold by the prophet Pythia. And then he has Andrea's favorite part of the entire episode. I don't... Where he grabs his prayer beads and he goes, Lords of Kobol, hear my prayers. <laughs> They could have, like, just cut it a second before. They didn't have to do the fake whisper talk. Or given him some actual oh, some words, words to say. I mean, I feel like it's not that hard to write words in a script for a TV show, but... He said, whisper, whisper, whisper. He really whisper. does just kind of go... That's very good. I'm trying to see if they even, like, if the try to has make it into the, into the script. Like, this particular transcript is not formatted well. It's I wonder. I wonder if he was actually speaking like traditional Geminis there, and that's why it's Geminis. different. Meanwhile, meanwhile, back on the planet Kobol. Oh boy, we got uh, we got some uh, some Cylons, and they're taking apart their Raider for some reason. There's at least five of them. There's at least five by anyone's count. By anyone's <laughs> count, there's at least five. Uh, I feel like that's a mistake anyone could make. I don't know. Who knows? It's but, really hard to count things in the distance when you drop your uh, binoculars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole Butterfingers. So, uh, yeah, Gaius Baltar is uh, sent out to spy on uh, some Centurions, and uh, he fumbles his binoculars as one of the Centurions <laughs> looks not a euphemism. directly at him, which he neglects to mention to anyone that he might have been spotted. And transparency is always his... Uh, He's very his good at that, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's funny to watch the the Centurions uh, just kind of do their thing when they're not doing, like, uh, active killing. Just kind of like... <laughs> when they're not doing murder? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, just kind of, like, hanging out. You think they're talking about the, like, so how are the kids? 
You guys, you guys see that pyramid match last night? <laughs> exactly. You guys catch that ludicrous display last night? <laughs> I'm just taking, taking, taking notes here. Yes. <laughs> what do centurions talk about amongst themselves? <laughs> we may never know. So Boltar reports back to uh, to crash down, and they realize very quickly that they're the reason they're taking apart their ship is because they're building a missile battery and a Dratus dish. And uh, at first, I can't remember if it's Chief uh, Tyrrell or Crashdown who says, like, well, now we know why they're not, you know, chasing us. And Baltar's like, what, what do you mean? Why, why are they not chasing us? Like, he's very concerned about this. <laughs> and uh, someone says, like, you know, it's uh, they're building a missile battery. They can just nuke this whole area and kill everything within a 10-mile radius. They don't need to chase us. But they quickly realize with the Dreda's dish that what's actually happening is they're getting ready to uh, intercept the search and rescue party and take out uh, those ships that fly in. So they realize they need to take out that dish before the party gets there. Otherwise, their party is going to be no more. I'm sorry. I was just thinking about what a shitty company dish is. <laughs> Put that in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, there's some real tension building between the chief and Crashdown here because Crashdown wants to lead a full-on assault on these Cylons and uh, chief is like, uh, there's five of us here. Only one of us is like an actual trained soldier. Everyone yeah. else is just deck crew and then this asshole Baltar. <laughs> like, and they're trained killing machines. They're literally programmed to kill things. There's yeah. no way that's going to go well. So, uh, you know, Chief kind of pulls Crash down aside and is like, you know, can I talk to you over here in private? And he's like, you know, we can't do this. This is insane. Crash down says something like, you know, we owe, we owe it to, uh, to Sasinus and Tarn. And Chief's like, I fail to see what Sasinus and Tarn have to do with this at all. Because you can tell that Crash down's real upset about losing people and he wants to do everything he can to prevent more of that by sending everyone into harm's way. I'm not really sure what his logic there is. Um, but uh, at one point, Crash down just like sort of yells at him yells at Chief Tyrrell, and then uh, is like, you know, Chief, uh, you, you need to keep your cool. And Chief's like, I don't believe I've lost my cool, sir. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> but in the moment when he says, like, I, I fail to see what Sasinus and Tarn have to do with this, and Crash says, like, well, maybe that's why I'm an officer and you're not. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, wow. Okay, bro. Dick. Yeah. He, Dick. Oof. oof. Annie, are you okay? <laughs> uh, Andrea, make sure you add Alien Ant Farm to uh, Crashdown's uh, oh, I, playlist. I do believe. And and yes, I know that's a Michael Jackson song, but you know that Crashdown listens to the Alien Ant Farm version on the daily. Just so everybody knows, Kitsy has just revealed that they do not pay attention to our Twitter at all because I've already made that <laughs> reference about Crashdown. <laughs> Um, that is, in fact, his favorite song, is the Alien Ant Farm cover of Smooth Criminal. Well, going to go ahead and edit this part out. <laughs> That's it. Like, we, we can't get any real burns against Kitsy because they have the edit power. I'm trying. Andrea has been uh, editing next week's episode uh, for something like six hours. Well, to be fair, and I'm not going to do the thing. Oh, I need to. I need to do it. And you're, you're going to be fast. 17 Thank minutes you. into the episode? Um, right, but to, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Most of those hours were spent editing a 30-second stretch that I just got way, way hyper-focused on. So those other, like, 16 and a half minutes rolled right along. So basically what we're saying is uh, the episode next week might be late. No, it won't. That made me anxious. I know you're kidding, but that really affected me for a second. <laughs> wow. Anyway, back to this episode. Wow. Um, so keep your cool. I don't believe I've lost my cool. I disagree. I disagree. Uh, yeah, tensions are mounting. What's next? But I mean, it's a good plan because he does it in the, the five graph <laughs> formats. I'm sorry. What's this graph business? <laughs> it's paragraphs. They, they they teach it to you in, in Officer Candidate School. 
I just don't usually do it this literally in the field. <laughs> <laughs> he literally, like, he details out a plan in five very specific uh, bullet-pointed paragraphs of, like, what their situation is and, like, like how they're going to approach it and what the end result will be. Like, Graph four, execution. It just, we've talked fuck? about this before, um, but it is wild to think about how little experience these people have in any, like, doing any of what they've trained for. Yeah. Like, the fact that this is mm-hmm. really their first... Um, their first war. Yeah, yeah. is... I don't, I, and, and I mean, and that's the thing, is like, you've got Crashdown, who is a, I'm gonna say, I'm, I'm air-quoting, trained soldier here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like he's barely out of officer school. Um, you've got Chief Tyrrell, who's a very experienced military person but not a fighter he's a he's a very experienced uh crew chief he's a lover not a fighter he's a lover not a fighter and and then you've got <laughs> um you've got uh Celix, who uh you know hasn't fired a rifle since basic and Callie who I don't know I just joined to pay for dental school <laughs> I love it she's the Hermit the elf of the I show know. I love it and then you've got Baltar who's never fired a gun in his life and Crashdown's like cool full on assault against five fucking machines of death we got this well and yeah what could go when baltar's like go oh, show of hands we're gonna vote blah 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 and tyrell steps in even though he's been butting heads with lt um the whole uh i don't know since they landed the whole on situation yeah. yeah um but as soon as anybody else starts to disagree he steps in um and he says like uh he's the yeah this is not a democracy yeah. the lt is in charge and so he he understands how important that that unified front and yeah, yeah exactly is even if he doesn't necessarily agree with yeah. um, Crashdown's plan. Meanwhile, Kelly and Celix's face is just like, <laughs> uh. yeah, and I think that just goes to show how good of a military guy uh, Chief Tyrrell is because you know he can he can disagree with Crashdown and he can point out the flaws in the plan. He can take him aside and be like, dude, I don't think this is a good idea. But when it comes down to it. He respects that chain of command. He respects that uh, Crashdown's in charge. And, you know, it, he may disagree, but what Crashdown says goes. And he's very sternly pointing that out to Baltar. I mean, he's already tried going up against the chain of command and the uh, command structure on the Galactica, and that didn't go well <laughs> for him. <laughs> so they're detailing out the plan. Crashdown's detailing out the plan. And one of the things that he wants to do is have Callie go by herself and, mm. and make a fake attempt on the Cylon position. So the rest of them can go around the other side and, and take it for real. So essentially he wants Callie to go be the bait. bait. Yep. And she's not super into that plan. No, and I'm not into nobody that should plan be for her. Exactly. Oh, me neither. Me neither. But they, they quickly realize, uh, well, first they hear, they hear a sonic boom and they realize oh, that means that cool. the Raptors have entered the atmosphere. So they've got to get, they got to move on this. This has to happen. Two raptors have entered the chat. <laughs> yes. Because if they don't take this thing out, those raptors are going to get shot down and it's going to be a bad time for everybody. They realize right before they're about to start their plan, though, there are five Centurions uh, at the missile base. And that's significant because earlier there were three and there were two over at the dish, which means one of two things. Either they miscounted the number of Centurions or the dish is now unguarded and they can just go sneak up and take it out. And uh, Chief Tyrrell's on team. Let's just go to the dish and see if we can take it out Mm -hmm. because if we don't have to go up against these five motherfuckers, let's not. And I think that's a great plan because they're not going to win. That's that's the best plan. Uh, That's the best plan they have. the best plan they have, but it's not the LT's plan and the LT wants to stick to the plan because, uh, you know, the LT points out, and this is true, they don't know that the uh, the dish is unguarded. They're just assuming that. And also, it's over a click away, so it's going to take them some time to get there. He raises valid points. I still think it's better than rushing headfirst into uh, hate-kill murder bot city. Well, and especially because they know, maybe not as well as we do, but they do know that Baltar isn't always the best at anything? At, at a few things, at least. Um, and Baltar himself, even when they ask him, like, are you sure? He says something. He's like, I... I observed continuously for five minutes. And in those five minutes, I only, you know, they didn't leave, which is a pretty like 
that's not really a concrete no. answer. And I feel like, is it more likely that there are suddenly extra uh, centurions that they didn't notice before that Baltar, you know, did his Baltar thing? I mean, on the one hand, like, observing for a set amount of time and saying, like, during this time, like, this was what I saw and it didn't change. Like, that's valid. Yeah, no, but I agree. That shouldn't be taken at all as concrete as, like, this is the only way that it will be and, like, yeah. nothing yeah. can change. And meanwhile, like, you know, Crashdown makes a big deal of it being, like, over a click away. A click is a little more than half of a mile. Uh, so, like... At a light jog, you can get there pretty quickly and, like, save yourself a lot of potential trouble. So Crashdown calls it. We're going to go. We're going to do the plan. And Callie needs to go. And Callie completely freezes up. Understandably Just so. completely freezes and starts crying and oh. is not going to go. And Crashdown pulls his sidearm out, points it right at her head, and is like, if you don't go, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, and you know, like... Oftentimes, something like that happens and you're like, they're not going to fucking do it. But you can, I mean, he's already on the verge of breakdown. He's almost crying himself. Like, he has made the decision that if uh, if she doesn't move, he's going to shoot her. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that if things proceeded uninterrupted, that he would have just taken the shot. So we've got Crashdown with his gun to Callie's head. We've got Tyrell with his gun to Crashdown's head. And there's a countdown. There's three, two... One, and we have multiple Dreda's contacts, so we're going to go ahead and take yes. a quick commercial break here from our sponsor this week. And when we come back, we will discuss the rest of this episode, so uh, stay tuned. You're listening to a Night Shift Radio production. Night Shift Radio is a modern media company bringing you shows that entertain, inform, and most importantly, provide an escape. Never Heard of It dives into the world of bad, obscure, and sometimes just weird movies. Follow along with the crew of Set Condition 1 as they experience the 2004 sci-fi hit Battlestar Galactica, one episode at a time. Each week on Left of the Dial, we explore a new record or revisit an old favorite. We'll bring in guests to talk about their own music and the state of the industry. The Superpod HeroCast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. They draw a random comic-inspired movie from Thor's helmet and offer thorough, insightful, and humorous commentary. And once a month, tune into the Storyteller series and get lost in the magic of a good old-fashioned radio drama. Learn more about these fine shows at nightshiftradio.com and subscribe on your favorite platform. Report. (laughs) Report! Somebody report, for the love of God. Jump complete? (laughs) You sound very unsure. I'm in the break. I'm very confused. (laughs) That's that's fair. A bunch of fancy Girl Scouts came down here to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) If you're hearing this, the jump was complete. Yes, the jump was complete. All listeners accounted for, I hope. Everyone's here. That's going to be. Forgot, we forgot to say it before the, the jump, but we did embed the jump coordinates into the ads. So make sure you listened to that. That <laughs> Make sure you go back to have listened. If, listen, if you're not hearing us right now, it's because you didn't get the jump coordinates from the ad and you're somewhere else in space or time, I guess, because podcasts don't really move in space, but they do move in time. So go back and if, you, if you're not hearing us right now, go back and listen to the ad again, get the jump coordinates and you'll meet us right back here. Yep. That's how that works. You nailed it. We're back. <laughs> we'll get to the reason why, but I just I'm really enjoying this line from this super free form and not at all transcript uh, that I'm reading this week that just says politically tie is boned. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, why would Ty be bones? Uh, might be because he had a little conversation with his wife Ellen. He did have a conversation with his wife Ellen, and it's not the kind of boned that you'd think that a man and his wife would have. What kind is that? The kind that makes your spine glow. <laughs> okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Wait, are you implying that Ellen's a Cylon? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded a little, a little too. Uh, no. Uh-huh. No. no. Why would I say that? Why would never say that? Yeah, that sounded a little like, no, too much no, protesting uh, <laughs> there. I think she's. Do I? You're saying I, uh, I doth protest. That's too much. what I'm trying to say. Yes. The Caleb doth okay. protest too much. That's like Shakespeare. It is like it Shakespeare. Is a lot like, like Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Um, so, 
And much like Shakespeare, uh, Ellen Ty is there uh, scheming and conniving. Um, <laughs> Ooh. Nicely done. You know, Saul is uh, saying, oh, the press demand to see her and the quorum demands to see her. And ah, 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 ah. I'm salty and grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> salty. And uh, we've made that joke already. And uh, <laughs> OK, if we can only make new jokes, I'm going to be in big trouble. <laughs> As our, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, this podcast is over at that point. So Ellen says, you know, well, let him, let him see her. She's nuts. And Ty's like, oh, I know she's nuts. And she's like, no, really. I just went to see her and she's fucking babbling and incoherent and doesn't know where she is. Like, girl, let them see her. Ty's like, "Hmm, all right. That can't possibly go wrong. No, no, everything's going to be awesome and will always work out in Ty's favor. Yeah. And I think this is Ty at his pettiest and shittiest mm-hmm. is where he addresses the, the the press and the quorum and says, yeah, come see what's become of your beloved president. It is like I know that Ty's thing is that he's a curmudgeon and he's got a lot of problems and et cetera, et cetera. But it is a different kind of and I know that part of it is and I, I don't even like blaming this on somebody else but like part of it is obviously that ellen's there part of it is that um adama is not there a big part of it is that he's drinking all of that but he is just downright cruel in a Mm -hmm. way that i haven't seen him be before But he has that line as he's escorting them to the brig where he says, like, it's visiting time at the zoo. Oh, my God. And one of the members of the quorum is like, oh, it's good to hear the respect you have for our president. That, that's <laughs> just that's like, the Tom Zarek, by the way. Oh, that's which right, he follows up Tom by Zarek. calling him laughing boy. <laughs> he's like, you're, you're next laughing boy. Yeah. Which is funny because Zarek wasn't laughing at all. So I don't know why you call him laughing boy. He said it like it's a thing. I don't think I've seen Zarek laugh at all. (laughs) I don't think he can. It's like when you call a big guy tiny. He's not exactly a mirthful character. (laughs) So they're in the brig. They're in the brig. Do you want to tell us what happens, Andrea? Yeah. This is your your zone. We know that our friend the guard is aware that uh, Rosalind needs Kamala extract. We don't actually see, right, what... I don't... Well, there's a point where he he goes to the brig and or not the brig the the sick bay. That's right. You know the the disease brig. Yep. <laughs> it's a it's a brig yeah. for diseases. But so yeah, that's right. So um, we can assume that she got um, someone slips him like palms him a little pill bottle mm-hmm. and he takes it back. So we can assume that he yeah. he, he hooked her up. Um, and so she's able to address the the quorum. We're expecting <laughs> her to say some. Some bonkers shit. And at first it does sound bonkers if you're somebody who isn't familiar with the scripture or if you're somebody like Ty. Well, at first she's she's still kind of out of it and yeah. she's still kind of like, mm. and then uh, Ty's like, all right, that's 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 enough. Right. And then she kind of stands up and says, thank you all for coming. I have uh, a statement I'd like to make and <laughs> just right. very quickly gets her shit together. And it's just this great moment of like, fuck you, Colonel Ty. Yep. And like she just comes right out and says like, you know, you. Some of you are probably familiar with the the, the scriptures, and uh, someone is like, Sarah, you're from Geminon. Your people believe in the scriptures. And, uh, of course, uh, the quorum representative from Geminon immediately is like, oh, yes, well, in the book of Pythia, uh, prophesies of a dying leader leading us to the, you know, to, to salvation, to the, the promised land, so to speak. And it's like, but that can't be because you're not dying. <laughs> like, Bitch, you thought. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. <laughs> Aren't we all dying though? Isn't that the whole thing? That's true. Uh, no, we're but on, she all, she announces the, for the the death breathers. She announces for the first time uh, that uh, she has terminal breast cancer and she is in fact dying. And everyone's like, "What?" And she's like, "No, it's true. Ask ask Doc Cottle. He'll tell you." That whole how quickly. I am the reason that I'm I'm struggling here is because I'm always struggling. Uh, but a specific reason that I'm struggling in this moment is that I'm trying to decide because they believe her and like quite literally bow down to her pretty much immediately. Um, and it, it's kind of awkward. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a little awkward. And just thinking about how if something similar happened in our world, um, it would not be taken that way at least by the like 
whatever the equivalent of the quorum would be, right? Um, and I just wonder what in the history, what is in the history of these humans makes them so ready to believe and so, at least from Geminon, um, so, like, in touch with that aspect. Remember that, uh, relatively speaking, this civilization is is pretty young. That's true. Uh, you know, it's only been roughly 2,000 years since they left Kobol, which they're now back at. Uh, and however long, like, we don't, we don't know much about how long the humanity existed on Kobol. We just know that it's been roughly 2000 years since they were distributed amongst the stars and only like half a century since they came together as a single government. So this is still a very young, so to speak, uh, civilization. And, and there are still a, uh, a sizable uh, number among us who believe the, uh, the scriptures written 2,000 years ago to be literal. So that is, so there you go. I guess it, I rest my case, your honor. <laughs> so time makes everyone leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he kind of does the like back away into the shrubs. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's a little bit more that happens on Galactica, but I think we should save that for the end. I think we should go back to Kobol because we did kind of leave things there in a very tense moment, didn't we? We did indeed. If you recall, we've got uh, Crash down with his gun to uh, Callie's head and Chief Tyrrell in retaliation with his gun to Crash down's head. And there is a three, two, one. Crash down counts down, basically saying, Callie, if you don't do this thing I want you to do, I'm going to shoot you. And we hear a gunshot and it's not Callie that got shot. It's crash down. But it's not Chief Tyrrell that shot him. Fucking Gaius Baltar <laughs> shoots him right in the back. Yeah, shoots him good. Look at him saving the day in the most awkward and like treacherous yes. way. Mm-hmm. Now, this is significant for a few reasons. Um, we we have historically done a very bad job of covering the moments between Gaius and Six sometimes, especially when they really spell out what's happening in the plot. And today is no exception because we completely forgot to mention (laughs) uh, the little aside he has with Six where she says, one of you will betray another um, during the plan and uh, is basically telling Gaius, like, you know, if you really want to be a man, you have to murder someone, which is a bit uh, toxic masculinity, if you ask me, but uh, what are you going to do? But but her point isn't, isn't like, you know, like, oh, you're not a real man unless you murder someone. It's more like, you know, humans, you murder. It's what you do. And, you know, if you do it, then you are a true human is, is what she's saying. Um, and then there's this great moment where he's like, well, wait, you Cylon's murder, too. And she's like, we learned it from watching you, dad. And it's funny because in that moment, Baltar says something like, um, Baltar doesn't think necessarily that he'll be able to die because he thinks he's under God's protection. Oh, he's he like, says, I'm an instrument of God. I'm, I'm God's instrument. I can't yeah. die. And Six is like, here on Kobol you can because God left your asses a yeah. long time ago. And what happens on Kobol stays on Kobol. Stays Kobel. on Kobol. And God's not coming to yeah. to rescue you, pal. Well, she even she even said that the for the people, because in the beginning they have a little funeral for um, Sasinus and Tarn. And she even says to Baltar, like, nothing awaits them but oblivion. And he's like, oh, because they haven't seen, you know, they haven't accepted the one true god or whatever. And she's like, no, because they died on Kobol. Which, like, that's intense. Yeah. It's a crazy technicality, too. Like, what if you die in a raptor before you've entered the atmosphere? I mean, we have at least one person who did that. So let's find out. Also, I think maybe Crash Down's a Cylon. And then, and now our, uh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so you think you think Crashdown's going to come back? It just seems like they spent a lot of time making him extremely unlikable in this last episode so that, like, you know, it was a bummer that he had to die because the circumstances were what they were. But I'm ready to think Wait. of him as an enemy. So you're saying that because he's a meathead but also into metal, he's got to be a Cylon. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> If this was a, a a radio morning talk show, that's where the air horns would go off. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Which is, I'm pretty sure, is a joke we've actually made before on this podcast, and that's okay. At least once. At least once. That that was extremely good, Caleb. Very I'm very good. proud of you. 
And Thank it is you. exactly Thank what you. I'm saying, too. Yes. So it's got <laughs> double duty there. <laughs> so, uh, so Crashdown, he did. Mm-hmm. Or Just hugging a tree. Or so we think. <laughs> we are led to believe he is dead. We are led to believe that he's dead. And, of course, the, uh, the search and rescue operation uh, is able to successfully get through because they, uh, the chief does manage uh, to blow up the, the dish. After getting shot. So After getting shot, yes. Um, so the, uh, the Cylons aren't able to get a, a lock on the, uh, the incoming raptors. So they can still fire the missiles, but uh, they, they can't lock on them. Yeah, I mean, the, the chief, like, once Baltar kills Crashdown, the chief's just like, we're doing my yep. plan now. <laughs> I'm uh, in charge. So they, they, <laughs> they blow up the dish, and then, of course, uh, you know, chief makes his, his last stand with his sidearm and just starts shooting like crazy at the, the Cylons, and they all blow up. And he's like, all he's very surprised. He's like, I didn't think that was going to work. <laughs> but then, what does he see but behind him? A raptor. And a really smug Liadama uh-huh. saying, you're welcome. Yeah. Guess I bailed your ass out again, Chief. It's Tyrell's Simba <laughs> in the elephant graveyard moment where Simba thinks he does, this is important, um, where Simba thinks he does the big growl to scare off the hyenas, but it's actually Mufasa who does the big growl behind Mufasa. him. Say it again. Mufasa. <laughs> um, we could just do every line from that movie. Another thing that lives in my brain instead of like, I don't know, no. the ability to, like, <laughs> function as a normal human was the thing I thought of. <laughs> um, you said it. You, me, I am the one who said it. Um, yeah, it's Tyrell's Lion King moment. Yep. Do, do, do. It really is. Oh, yeah, I we, we, we forgot something important. Oh. Well, I guess it's not really important. No, you don't say. It's not really important, but um, just kind of goes to show Ty, like, kind of losing his shit mm. is... Uh, you know they're doing they're doing raptor sweeps of the planet trying to find their 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 downed folks and they have to come back and refuel and, and redo something or, or uh, you know I forget what the, the deal is but they they can't just go out right away and uh, you know ties in the uh, in the the, uh, the landing bay with Lee and Lee's you know very obviously doing everything he can to keep shit moving and he's like yeah we'll be back in the air in ninety minutes and he's, ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, Why aren't you in the break? <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know he's, you know he's like, dude, we're doing everything we can. He's like, get your head in the game, do your damn job. <laughs> Everyone around is just like, that's what we're doing. Literally, what we're doing. That it's literally yeah, what we're, we're doing. We're literally doing everything we can. So he's just like very unhappy with everyone yeah. in this episode. Uh, but no, Lee does. Uh, he does find find our our team on Galact or on Cobal, uh, and uh, they get rescued. And uh, Chief hands uh, Lee the uh, all the dog tags uh, for all the fallen, and uh, Lee says, "Hell of a butcher's bill, Chief." It's a great yeah. line. Mm-hmm. It really is. But then he he follows up with, uh, "Oh hey, how did Crashdown die?" Like doesn't care at all about Sinus uh, or Tarn. He doesn't or even pilot. know who those people are. <laughs> or doesn't pilot. Know, like, I mean, his pilot he should know. Yeah. Like, but they don't have it. They guess they don't have the the pilot's dog tags. Maybe I, so. I presume they told him what happened, and they just probably didn't didn't mention crash and didn't get to crash down. But uh, mm-hmm. you can see Chief about to explain the situation, but Baltar jumps in and he's like, "Oh, he died leading the charge in the finest mm-hmm. tradition of service. He was a hero to the end." <laughs> and Kelly's like, "What? I'm sorry, what?" And the chief's just like, "Yeah, yep. that's yep. what happened. All right." That's exactly what happened and nothing else. I, I, I'm curious to know what you all think Baltar's motivations there were, because I can see it going one of two ways. Either he was trying to not admit that he shot someone mm-hmm. in the back, or was he really trying to just not have Crashdown's last moments go down as like, man, he really fucked up. I think Baltar knows that that's a great way to encourage the other people who saw what happened to go along with his story um, is to play on that um, those emotions uh, but I think that Baltar is always is trying to cover Baltar's ass I will give no credit to Gaius Baltar for being fully selfless in any situation ever fair uh, but I, I will say that I feel that this is kind of straddling both uh, where 
Like, yes, it's covering his ass. Uh, yes, he doesn't have to admit to shooting a, a colonial officer, uh, which would get him in trouble. Uh, and yes, Andrew, I think you're right that it helps everyone else kind of get their story you know, rallied around his so that they're all on the same page. Um, but I also think that he understands that shit just went as wrong as it possibly could and that someone who wasn't prepared for leadership found himself yeah. in that situation Which, and made all the wrong uh-huh. decisions. And I think we know that uh, Gaius Baltar knows all mm-hmm. about making mm-hmm. all the wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is probably the first not completely selfish thing that Baltar's ever done. That, possibly in his entire totally. life, definitely in this show. But it doesn't hurt that it did benefit him. Ex- oh, I think that's primarily, and then also, <laughs> I, I don't think... Exactly. I, I mean, I know that we all... You know, I, I love Baltar despite everything about him. Um, but I know that he's not actually a monster. You know, I don't think that, you know, our Crashdown's death obviously affected him and, and having to um, be the one to cause it um, even more so. So I don't think I'm, I'm not trying to say that he, you know, he has no heart. I mean, um, it's also worth pointing out that he wasn't in any immediate danger there. So he shot Crashdown. Essentially in defense of Callie. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that and then also, actually, I was just thinking about this because in the scene with Six, Six says, whatever one of you will betray, something, something. And he says, like, and if I die or if they die first, something like that. And she's like, well, then it's probably. So he's got it in his head at least a little bit that um, if the betrayer is taken out before the betrayer does the betraying. Um, that his ass will be mm. will be saved too. That's true because it, it's it's never clear what the betrayal actually mm-hmm. is and who the betrayer is. Like it was Crashdown the one who betrayed them by turning on Callie. Was Callie the one who betrayed them by refusing right. to huh. uh, to act? Was Gaius the betrayer by killing Crashdown? Like there there's point. some ambiguity on what she actually means there, and I think that that's kind of. Part of the Cylon MO That's the is th- that they make these super vague prophecies and then we humans just kind of stumble into fulfilling them for them uh, as as often happens. I think this is something that I have been thinking. I think this is something I've been thinking um, for a long time <laughs> and I don't know that I've ever said it out loud, but it reminds me very much of um, the old Twilight Zone episode, so the monsters are doing Maple Street, where yeah. they like turn... All the, the aliens turn all the power off and they like in the neighborhood and then they turn it on for one person and then um, it the whole like the the people on Maple Street just slowly devolve blaming each other for what could have happened and um, and the aliens say like something at the end like all you have to do is is you know plant that one seed and they'll take themselves out um, the real monsters were the friends we made along the way <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh, and you you said that Gaius was in no direct danger in this situation, which is technically correct. As we all know, that's the best kind of correct. (laughs) Uh, But we already know that, like, they're in, like, an entirely fucked plan to begin with, with five of them who don't know what they're doing. Imagine that number's now down to four, where three of them don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I still don't... Guys is, is in trouble no matter what. I mean, he's in trouble no matter what, but I don't think he's looking that far ahead. Like, I legitimately think... Because you can kind of see on his face, too, like, he was surprised that he did it yeah, also. Yeah. So, like, I don't think yeah. he was really thinking, like, well, if I take Crashdown out now, then I won't be next with the gun to my head when I refuse. Like, I think he was literally just like, this is uncool and I'm going to stop it. And yeah. and I think he was genuinely surprised at himself for doing that, as, as I think we all were. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So, so we have one more thing to talk about. Politically, Ty is boned. Ty is boned. <laughs> uh, so, so what does what does Colonel Ty do? He does what every good EXO uh, would do. He holds a press conference. The events which took place aboard the Colonial One are unfortunate. Lara Rosalind's actions in suborning mutiny and sedition among the military could not be tolerated. Therefore, Commander Adama was left with no choice other than to remove her from office. Miss Rosalind is now resting comfortably aboard this ship, where she will remain until such time as the Commander deems otherwise. 
As it appears obvious that the government cannot function under current circumstances, I have decided to dissolve the Quorum of Twelve. As of this moment, I have declared martial law. Now that's interesting. He fucking does it. That's very interesting, especially considering earlier in the episode, he even said that Adama would never consider declaring martial law. He hated the very idea of it. And, you know, he made a very big deal about how, like, you know, Adama's still in command until the day he dies and we're not letting him die. You know, his his word is still the word of the gods on this ship. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting turn of events for him to declare martial law. It really is. And again, I, I think it comes to that, like, internal conflict with Ty now. My, my voice is shot from, 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 doing, from uh, being a Ty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, like... outwardly he's trying to maintain this idea like this is a Dama ship and inwardly he's wrestling with the idea that like there's a good chance that it's mine now and he's he's making decisions uh not necessarily thinking them all the way through uh he's kind of making very like reactionary decisions and i feel like while adama would never consider martial law i feel like this is exactly what ty would do Mm mm-hmm what happens when Baltar gets back? How does that, like, if Baltar... That would be interesting. Well, and I know that, like, what happens... Brig. Everyone to the Brig. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, I know that, like, Ty and Baltar going head-to-head. Baltar doesn't really stand a chance, but let's pretend for a second that Baltar thinks he does. Like, does he come back, and now he's got six in his ear telling him he should be the president now that Rosalind has been removed and technically he's second in command that way or second in, in the chain that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and Ty as Adama's (laughs) vice president of army. Um, (laughs) that's what he is, right? Uh, vice president of the army. They're pretty much, you know, in, I could see in Baltar's head anyway, almost on the same. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, yeah. Ty is second in command of the military. Uh, Baltar is second in command of the not military. Exactly. Uh, well, that's actually a, a really great question because as far as Baltar knows right now, when he left, there was a civilian government and he was the vice president. <laughs> so as far as he knows, he's coming back. He is still the vice president. Yeah. And even if for some reason the president is indisposed, that leaves him in charge right. as far as he knows. And he doesn't even know that the president's been thrown in the brig. No. No. And he's, like, an elected yeah. official. He wasn't, like, appointed by Rosalind, so yeah. it's not even, like, the people Ty did can elect say, him. Yeah, so it's not even, like, Ty can say that as, you know, yeah, whatever. Well, the people elected their quorum representatives, too, mm-hmm. and Ty just dissolved the quorum. <laughs> That's a good point. He said, fuck your quorum. So, like, I mean, Adama essentially said the presidency is invalid, and, uh, you know, Ty, for all intents and purposes, disbanded Congress. It's so funny that they can all just, I, I guess it's not funny. It's its worth noting that all of this just happens by people saying stuff. These are like, uh, to get whatever, they're, they're speech acts. They're like these things that, that happen and the power yeah. in them is in, in the words themselves, right? Like... I've declared my, I declare bankruptcy. Um, I've, you know, <laughs> declared martial law. And uh, it just is interesting to see how back and forth and yeah. how quickly this stuff escalates. I declare wealth and prosperity. <laughs> exactly. Congratulations, Caleb. <laughs> I declare this network a resounding success. <laughs> I declare the pandemic over. Oh. Oh, you're thinking bigger than yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I respect that. <laughs> I declare the current presidency over. Yeah, but like, okay. <laughs> break with him. <laughs> but that's, ba- I mean, that's what Ty said in it, or I guess Basically. Adama. And it, it, you know what the difference is? I make this look good. They like have from, all the guns. Wait, is that also for Men in Black? Probably. Is that the third week in a row that I? <laughs> but the difference is that that uh, uh, Ty has all the guns. Mm-hmm. Every gun. Well, mm-hmm. most of them anyway. Yeah. He's got the only fighting ships and he's got most of the big oh, guns. yeah, yeah. Uh, so who's going to stop him? And I feel like we're probably going to get a sense of that next week mm-hmm. because I don't think that people are going to be particularly thrilled and just sit oh, back no. and be okay with... It's going to be super chill. <laughs> with martial law. Declared. Martial law is going to be super chill. No one's going to have a problem. Everyone's like, yeah, it's fine. I can't... I declare marital law. <laughs> Everyone must be married. Uh, I, 
I do think it's important to point out uh, the little bit of action we got with Adama this week as well, because uh, I, I know some of you out there are just on the edge of your seat. Is he going to make it? Is he going to, is he okay? Is he going to, um, so Cottle does make it to Galactica and, uh, is basically shoving people out of the, get out of my way. Next time I say I'm in a hurry, cycle the damn airlock faster. You bastards. <laughs> and, uh, he has a little run in with Ty where Ty's like, is he going to make it? What's going to happen? He's like, I don't know. I'm not a damn psychic. <laughs> and I love that, that Cottle is the only person so far that we've found that can outgruff Ty. <laughs> yeah. Ty yes. stands down when he comes at him like that. Yeah. Uh, but at the end, uh, we find out that, uh, Cottle was able to stop the bleeding and, uh, he thinks that Dom is going to make it. He says, you know, he's, he's going to make it. And, uh, you know, Ty says, well, when's he going to wake up? And Cottle's like, well, knowing him, whatever he damn well wants. <laughs> which is so good. Which is very true. It's so true. I miss him so much, though. I hope it's soon, especially because everything's. It makes me feel like uh, I'll be back to normal soon. I hope so, because I am not doing well. <laughs> this has been the best RP I've ever been involved in. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, Andrea. Thoughts, theories, new silent theories, mm. predictions for next week. I think maybe Crashdown's a Cylon, maybe, though I don't really. Um, I am starting to worry that what y'all have been, I guess, not telling me, but um, I think maybe this whole Kobol mystery is not going to get it solved as quickly as I'd hoped. <laughs> I thought we'd be in and out on that one. Um, oh, we heard not one word about Starbuck um, this episode. Yeah, we didn't get anything on Caprica on this week, did we? Hilo or Sharon or any of them. Um, Nothing. So I'm. So they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering if Clearly. we'll get a, a. I imagine next week we'll get some more from them. A more a Capricorn focused episode. Um, I just would really like to have another Cylon confirmed. Just one. Just one. Capricorn orange juice. <laughs> It's the best in the universe. Um, I don't want to spoil too much or give anything away, but I do think uh, we're going to find another Cylon soon. Yeah. If I recall. I think uh, I think we have to. I mean, I mean, we eventually have yeah. to. <laughs> okay, so we will find out there are more Cylons, right? Um, there are 12 Cylons. We're only going to tell you four the entire series. That would make me... Furious. And then the very last episode, you find out who the rest are. Yep. It's just like the, the credits roll. It's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry. Cylon, 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 Cylon. Okay, bye. You're cool. You're cool. <laughs> um, if that were the case and y'all been giving me shit about Lost this whole time, I just, that would be. We didn't really get any new information, right, about um about any, any of the mythology or anything this episode. Not really, no. No. Um, I just can't wait for Dama to wake up. He is not going to be happy with anybody about anything that has happened. He's going to be furious. Mm -hmm. I take one You one did nap. what? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that's really where my, my head is at, is thinking about. How many of my planes did you lose? <laughs> well, does the Raider count as one? Or? Well, because, I mean, one got shot down on Kobol, which he, he knew about kind of, but uh, they had to cannibalize another one for parts. Uh, I think he's going to so. be a little bit more upset about the whole martial law dissolving the government thing than he will be about the planes oh, missing. That is something that I think is interesting. And um, he has given Ty a lot of leeway to kind of fuck up in a lot of ways. Uh, this is a different level, I think. And I wonder how we keep Ty around as a character that I can still care about and like and understand why Adama is, you know, uh, a little easier on him than you might think. Uh, he's he's a soft touch. That's why. But um, yes. but I'm, yes, I'm you know furious. What? I, I said a moment ago that, that Adama's going to be furious, but he's not. He's not going to be mad. He's just going to be disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> there it is. I hate to interrupt, but I just got a notification on my phone, and I know I shouldn't be looking at my phone while we're recording, but I would also argue that maybe we shouldn't be retweeting things while we're recording. But I just retweeted by oh, don't worry about Caleb Coy. That's all. Don't worry about it. What happened? <laughs> I'm a snitch. Does everybody know that? Who? Who? Wait, I'm sorry. Who retweeted uh -huh. what? I don't know. <laughs> I mean... 
I don't think it's any secret that I haven't been paying attention <laughs> in the last, like, like, the last three weeks, four episodes. <laughs> yeah, I actually am kind of tickled by your um, half in, half outness. I think it's I have a good time. Look, we all need a break sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I promise that as soon as the commander's back, I'm back. I, know. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> um, Only two and a half seasons to go. Stop! Stop! Don't fuck with me. <laughs> All right, spool up the FT. I'm telling you, the rest of the the rest of the series is they're just going to pull an archer with it, and it's just going to all be coma dreams of of Adama I just, for three seasons. I want to play in the space with you, but I don't have the strength. I need that's fair. That's fair. I need Adama up and moving. We all need Adama up and moving. <laughs> I need to know who the Cylons are. So say we <laughs> so all. Say we all. So say we all. Wait, did we just end? <laughs> There's no way to tell. I don't know. We didn't spool up the FTL drive. I started to. So I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah, Andrea started to, and then we just didn't. You can't spool so, the FTL uh, drives. You're the president. We need the... Yeah, here in the brig. Oh man. Why aren't you We in need the a brig? gata. <laughs> we do need a gata. Hey, Bo- This podcast needs hey, a gata. Hey, Boston Gabe, do you want to be Boston gata? <laughs> I love Hit that. us up. <laughs> Uh, with that said, we are going to spool up the FTL drives and we're going to jump to our next location. And hopefully, uh, by the time we arrive, everything won't be like completely on fire with riots and revolutions and more people in the brig. So say we all. So, so say, say we, we all. all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition 1 is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.